keep my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. As for you, if you walk before me as David, your father did, and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne as I consecrated, uh, I'm sorry, as I coveted with David, your father, when I said, you shall never fail to have a man to rule over Israel. But if you turn away and forsake the decrees and commands I've given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot Israel from my land and I will have given them and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. I will make it a byword and an object of ridicule among other peoples. And though this temple is now so opposing, all who pass by it will be appalled and say, Why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People will answer, Because they have forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers, and brought them out of Egypt, and have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. That is why he brought all this disaster on them. Thank you, John. Good morning, church. It's good to see each and every one of you here today. And there's a lot of things on my mind. And uh, in addition to to the lesson, I hope that you'll keep your Bibles uh, there to uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And we'll meet there in just a few moments. Uh, This weekend, there's been several uh, young people and others involved in the retreat. And they have the opportunity to be with us this morning because we didn't travel off. Uh, We stayed down at at Pickwick, but also did some things... uh, around the building, and I was going to have them stand because uh, I know they didn't get a lot of rest, and neither did I, and I have to stand, but uh, I'm not going to do that. So, But I do want, if, if you had, if you were at the retreat uh, the whole time or at any point, we had adults uh, here at the building help fix food, come and help in other ways. If you were a part of our retreat this weekend, I would just want you to raise your hand. If you had anything to do, just look around at all the number of people. Raise them high now. We want everybody to see. All right. And I know there's some that's helped with some other things uh, out in the lobby as well, too. Uh, we had a great time. As we've already mentioned, we didn't get a lot of rest. But we had the opportunity to focus on God. We had the opportunity uh, that uh, being local uh, afforded us more time for the kids just to hang out and, and enjoy each other's company. Uh, we, were, we went to uh, Jeff and Audrey's house yesterday, and we uh, loved on them and prayed with them because they help us out a lot, and uh, they were not able to be here, and as we visited with them, uh, we were standing around, some of us adults, and we were just watching, and all the kids, they were either standing around talking or playing some game, just having a good time together, and it's good for us to get away from that everyday life, and we're going to talk about schedules in just a minute on our lesson, and just encourage one another, enjoy each other's company, but also to focus on God, and there were some intense times uh, focusing on God, so for all those who taught classes, who spoke 
spoke, who helped, who fixed food. Um, Jamie and Amy, they, they, I, we were at their house Friday night, and it was like the whole time we were eating, they were fixing pizzas. Uh, and it was like they still had some left over. And so a lot of people put a lot of effort um, into, uh, into this weekend. And so I want to thank Dustin and, and all the adults that helped. Uh, by the way, so this, this, I have this image in my mind. Uh, last night we did a bonfire out at the Bullingtons. And, and for some reason, um, they, they wanted to do some sort of scary uh, trail. And uh, it, it was a lot of fun. But I have this image uh, of this tall guy with a mask running down a hill with a chainsaw, Stephen Crumwell. And it, it, I can't get it out of my mind. But if you want to be scared with a chainsaw, you just see Stephen and he'll take care of that. But it was a great weekend. And so I appreciate all those who helped out and was a part of that. There's also a lot of things going on. I mean, we can almost wear ourselves out in doing a lot of good things. And so I understand that you may not can do everything, but I want you to take note of some of those things. Don't forget ladies, uh, about the uh, ladies night out tomorrow night, uh, paint party. Uh, if you can be a part of that, sign the list in the foyer. Uh, I, I was not able to go to the men's night out this week because it was Miss Greta's birthday. But uh, uh, I understand that the men had a great time together. Uh, in fact, someone told me that they asked Greg, and I appreciate Greg putting all this together. He puts a lot of hard work and in, involves a lot of other people, and so I appreciate those that are involved in that. Uh, but someone asked Greg, hey, man, this was a lot of fun. Where are we going next Thursday night? And, and so if you want to have a good time with brothers in Christ uh, and sisters in Christ for the ladies' night out, well, make sure that you look at the things that they're doing and being a part of that. Uh, don't forget, next Sunday, let me say a little bit about this, uh, and I'm going to try to zip through this, but there's a lot here and a, a lot in this lesson I want us to share and think about. But don't forget about next Sunday. It's our fifth Sunday. Kyle Budd will be here. We have flyers. They're out in the lobby and in the hallways. Uh, I want you to be praying about that. I want you to take one of these uh, flyers uh, and invite a friend or neighbor or family member. Invite someone because Kyle's going to be talking about uh, some current event things that, that have gone on and been happening. Uh, we'll have a combined adult Bible class with, with our uh, uh, teenagers as well, I think, uh, in the auditorium, and then we'll have our worship time with Kyle, and then we'll go back to the back and we'll eat. Now, uh, one thing we're going to do a little differently than we always do is instead of coming back in here for our final lesson, we're going to just stay back there uh, in the ministry building. Kyle is used to this kind of stuff. He does some after-dinner uh, speaking, and so we're going to be back there. So as you finish eating, uh, you can just turn your seat and, and give your attention to Kyle, uh, and, and as we will sing some songs and pray, and then Kyle will speak to us, and then we'll be finished for the day. Also, don't forget about the door knocking tonight. Uh, I want to encourage you to be praying about the weather, because this is our last one for this month, and so we want to um, uh, be able to finish up. What's that? Oh, I'm still asleep. Y'all supposed to wake me up back there. When they're doing announcements. Okay. I've been praying about the weather. I'm going to still pray about the weather. See, you go on a youth retreat and then you just lose all capacity of what happens. So if you want to lose your mind sometimes, hang out with Dustin and the young people. I do want to say this. We've had the opportunity to be working and feeding our, the Team Talents group 
these men who have been involved in uh, this uh, recovery uh, center that we have in Savannah. We've done this for two months, and, and the people that's been involved uh, have been greatly, greatly blessed as a result of it. But we're going to do something interesting uh, over the next two months. We're going to host them here at our building for November and December. We, we want to uh, give them a, a Thanksgiving meal and also a Christmas meal, something that they don't get a lot of. They don't get to go home and enjoy that like we will uh, coming up in a few weeks. And so uh, next, this Wednesday night at 6 p.m. in classroom A1, uh, Miss Carol Ellison and Bill Shadell will, be, will have a meeting there talking about further details coming up November the 6th. Uh, we want everyone that can and will to be involved. Uh, it, it can be as simple as uh, doing direct, uh, decorations. Uh, maybe you want to donate some money, whatever. Uh, we want you to be involved. So if you want to be involved, uh, we, this next two months we have the opportunity to involve more people. So don't forget about that meeting uh, this Wednesday night at 6 p.m. And then don't forget about November the 6th and also the first Monday uh, in December. I want to encourage you, if you just come and help that night and be here to fellowship with those uh, men, you will be blessed, I can guarantee you. And so I want to encourage you to come and, and be a part of that uh, for uh, the Teen Challenge group. Okay, Woo, I'm out of breath. And uh, let me make sure I didn't forget anything else that I forgot that I wasn't supposed to say. All right. This morning's lesson is a little different than, uh, than I traditionally do. Uh, this month, as we've been looking over prayer, uh, I've used this book some, but I, I've not used just a ton from this book. Uh, this is a book by Charles Hodge, uh, and it's about prayer. Uh, but the more I looked through this book, there, I came across uh, a chapter in this book uh, that I thought was really good. Uh, in, in the chapter, uh, Charles Hodge calls his chapter, Hindrances of Prayer. Uh, but I want us to look at it and think about it in a different way. I want us to think about it instead of a hindrances, and we will mention some hindrances, but I want us to think about it in terms of challenges. Have you ever been to a hotel and enjoyed room service? I mean, you're in that hotel and all you have to do is pick up that phone and you just dial a number and there's someone waiting to bring you breakfast, lunch, and dinner or a chocolate milkshake, whatever your heart desires or whatever your stomach will tolerate. They are there reeling and ready. Also, if you have a dirty shirt, there's someone that you can dial that number and they will come and get that shirt and lo and behold, they'll bring it back and it's clean. Or if you have a wrinkled suit, you can call them, they'll come to you and they will take that suit and they will press it for you. That's awesome, isn't it? But you know what's interesting? That there are people who have turned prayer into things like this. They have turned it into God being the glorified bellhop. And that whatever I desire, or whatever I want, then, then I, will, I will just pick up the phone to heaven and I will dial God and, and get what I need. Uh, though we know that uh, those things, they don't cost that much, do they? We put that on the, the credit card bill in the sky. But the reality is, though some have treated prayer this way, that's not at all 
the way prayer is. Prayer is powerful, but prayer is also challenging. And so, in Hodge's book, he mentions what he calls some hindrances. I want to consider them challenges of prayer. I want you to notice, first of all, the first challenge that he gives of prayer is that prayer can get crowded out. You and I know we live in a busy world, right? This weekend, and I know we had a schedule to keep, but yesterday morning the weather was awesome. And where we were, the guys uh, especially, we were right on the water. And, and there was this deck on the back of this cabin. And you know what? I could have just sat there all day long just enjoying the creation that God has given us. Last night we were by the bonfire and, and we were able to be away from the lights and look up in the stars and just see the majesty and the awesomeness of God. But even on a great weekend we had a schedule to keep. We live such busy lives that sometimes a challenge for us is even just to pray. To find the time to pray. We're busy running from this thing to that thing, from this event to that th event, from this meeting to that meeting, from this party to that party. So many events going on in our lives. And if we're not careful, we become, in a sense, a prisoner to our schedules. Hodge said this in his book. He said, The good has rooted out the best. In other words, we become so busy, all the best things that we have, we're only given the good because we're so busy. We intend to pray, but other things get in the way. We intend to pray, but many times we've not set a time to pray. Do you remember in the book of Daniel chapter 6? I want you to notice it on the screen. You remember Daniel had set times to pray. No matter what was going on, no matter what laws had been passed, Daniel had a set time to pray. Chapter 6 and verse 10, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, in other words, now you cannot, it's against the law to pray to anyone else besides the king. But knowing that, Daniel still kept his set times to pray. He went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before God. And notice this. As was his custom since early days. It was his custom to pray three times a day. No matter what was going on in the world, no matter if there was war, no matter if someone had passed a law not to pray, no matter what the government was doing, Daniel prayed three times a day and that was his custom. Hodge says in his book, in this chapter, he says, do not prioritize your schedules. Schedule your priorities. Sounds like good advice, doesn't it? We all believe, I'm sure if we did a survey and we all and we ask you, ask ourselves, is prayer important? All of us would say prayer was important. 
In fact, several times over the weekend, uh, people talking to our young people and uh, us adults about things that they have done to help them be faithful. One of them was prayer. Communication with God. Another was listening to God, reading His Word. We know it's important. And I love this statement that Hodge says. Do not prioritize your schedule. Schedule your priorities. If they are a priority to us, maybe we should... Schedule those. In Matthew chapter 6, we looked at last week, the people in that day, we noted, they had set times to pray. Schedule our priorities. Notice on the screen here, something that Hodge says in this chapter. We are privileged to talk with God when we will. God's phone is never busy. What an awesome reality and privilege. On the other hand, what a temptation. God is at our mercy. Prayer is in our time and on our terms. God gets only crumbs. God is last and least. Yes, life can sometimes be beyond our control. However, we must make a commitment to prayer. We eat, we sleep, we pray. We must have a time and a place to pray. Prayer must have priority. Pray first. Prayer is work. He says it's hard work. Prayer demands that we stop daily to listen and wait. The busier we are, the more we must pray. You know what's interesting to me as I think about that? He says it's hard work. But people that want to Move up in the business world. Guess what? They know it takes time. They know it takes effort. Uh, Athletes, teams that want to be elite, they know it takes time. It takes effort. It takes hard work. You don't just go out there and be an elite team. If the world knows that, shouldn't we know that as well? It takes time. It takes effort. The psalmist said, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 46 and verse 10. Another challenge or what Hodge calls a hindrance to prayer. And this is interesting. Preparation to prayer. Uh, Often we overlook the idea of preparation preparation as it comes uh, to our prayer life. But it's important. We prepare our lives. We spend time preparing our lives. Therefore, preparing for prayer. We surrender our lives in obedience. Uh, Notice what the Bible says in preparing our hearts for service to God and also in preparing our minds, our hearts for prayer. Matthew 15, beginning in verse 10. When He had called the multitude to Himself, He said to them, Hear and understand. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, that defiles a man. Verse 16, So Jesus said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand? Whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated. But those things which proceed out of the mouth, they come from the heart and they defile a man. 
Father, I proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. We must prepare our hearts before we approach the throne of God. Because where do those words come from? They come from our hearts. Hodge says this, notice on the screen, about preparation. Preparation is critical, yet usually is overlooked. You should not rush into prayer or any or into anything of eternal significance. Coach Bud Wilkinson wisely said, it's not the will to win, it is the will to prepare. Great things demand preparation. Big weddings demand immense preparation. And notice what he says. Tragically, too many couples prepare more for their weddings than their marriages. To meet God, one must sanctify himself. To meet God in prayer, one needs to prepare our lives in our hearts. He goes on to address public prayers. He goes on to talk about thinking about our public prayers before we get up to leading those public prayers. He even mentions the the possibility of writing those things down. And those of us who lead publicly need to take that in consideration. Uh, But we also need to understand there are times when we're called on uh, that we don't have time to prepare. But where does that preparation take place prior to? It takes place in our lives. In our hearts, we cannot take away from that nor avoid it. Hodge says this, Preparation is the hard part. Then the praying is the easy part. He mentions another thing that can hinder us or present a challenge to our prayers, and that's sin. We understand that. Sin can affect and hinder our prayers. I want you to notice real quick a few scriptures that he mentions about this. Proverbs 28 and verse 9. One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Proverbs 15 and verse 8. The sacrifice of the wicked is abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Proverbs 15 and verse 29. The Lord is far from the wicked. But he hears the prayer of the righteous. Psalm 66, verses 18 and 19. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 2. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, And whatever we ask, we receive from Him, because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Hodge says in that chapter, Sin keeps us from prayer, and prayer keeps us from sin. Our schedules, preparation, Sin can be hindrances or challenges. And a final one is doubt. James chapter 1 verses 6 through 8. Notice what the Bible says. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not the man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And I want you to notice 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. So what can we do? 
with these challenges of our prayers. God gives Solomon, God gives his people in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14 some challenges for prayer. Notice what the Bible says. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. God to Solomon said, if my people who are called by my name will do some of these things, he says, humble themselves. James 4 and verse 10. We sing the song. We'll sing it in just a few minutes. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, and all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. You see, we humble ourselves before God and we humble ourselves to each other. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Things looked bleak for the children of George Moeller's orphanage in Ashley Downs, England. You see, for at that time they had no food and no money in the bank account. And a family friend of Moeller's daughter was there visiting. And this is what he said. He said, come in and let, let's see what the father is going to do. And he brought her into the dining area. And there were long tables. Places set. No food. And right there, Moeller prayed. Gave thanks to God for providing for them. Almost as soon as they were finished with the prayer, there was a knock at the door. It was the local baker. He said, Mr. Muller, I have been up all night because I felt like you guys needed some bread. You didn't have any bread. And I've been baking all night and I want you guys to have this bread. Not long after that, another knock at the door, and it was the local milkman. Back in the days when they delivered milk. He had had an accident and his cart was damaged. And so he, he said, I need to unload this milk so that I can fix my cart. And he said, I want to give all the milk to you guys. And as a result of that prayer, they had food and they had milk. See, he humbled himself before God and said, you know what, I can't provide this, Lord, but I know that you can. And then the Lord said, this is what I want my people to do. I want my people to seek my face. In my notes, I wrote down this question, what am I looking for? What am I looking for? What am I looking for in life? Because here's the reality. Whatever you're looking for, you will find it. Whatever you're looking for, you will find it. And God says to His people, I want my people to look for me. And guess what? We will find Him. 
Psalm 46 and verse 10, we've already mentioned, Be still and know that I am God. Matthew 6 and verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first God. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 29, the Bible says this, But from there you will seek for the Lord, seek the Lord your God, and you will find Him, if you seek Him with all your heart and with all your soul. God wants us to seek Him. And then God said, I want my people to turn from their wicked way. Turn from sin. I think about David in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and, verse tw- and chapter 12. You remember he had sinned with Bathsheba? And when the prophet came, comes and tells him this story, and Daniel, uh, David realizes he was that man, it was then that he turned and he repented. And he turned back to God. I think about Saul later turned to Paul. In Acts chapter 9, he had been persecuting the church. But he met the Lord on that road, and the Lord told him what to do. And what happened? He turned from those ways. And the Bible says he immediately began preaching Jesus. Maybe there's some sin in your life today that's holding you back, that's hindering your prayers. What are you going to do with those? God says turn from them. Turn back to God. Maybe it is you're not living in those sins. Maybe it is you're not practicing those sins. And maybe you just need to be encouraged to continue to turn and run from those sins. I think about Joseph in the book of Genesis 39. You remember what Joseph did when Mrs. Potiphar came to him day after day after day? Now, now think about this. Let's be mature on this. Let's not think... Joseph wasn't tempted in human ways. There was some preparation. And Joseph said, in the face of temptation, how can I do this great sin, this thing, and sin against God? He turned and he ran. Sure, it put him in prison. But what happened as a result of that? He was put in second in command in all of Egypt. For what? Not for his purpose. To glorify God. So God could provide and take care of his people. All because Joseph turned and ran. And then God says, if they do that, I will heal them. And I will heal their land. When God's people turn from sin, turn back to God, or continue to run away from sin, there's healing. There's healing that takes place. Hodge says this, Sinners are forgiven, even their land is healed. Even when we are flawed and fallen, God wants us back. God hears us, and God forgives us. When the Gettysburg battleground became a national cemetery, Edward Everett was asked to make a dedication speech. And also, President Abraham Lincoln was asked to say a few words as well. And so as they were there for that dedication, Everett gets up and he... Oh, so eloquently delivers this speech. 
Now I know we're a little bit over time. But I want you to imagine this. One hour and 57 minutes. We still have another hour to go. And afterwards, people erupted in applause and exuberation. And then President Lincoln gets up and he approaches the podium and he puts on his metal eyeglasses and he begins to read what we have come to know as the Gettysburg Address. Some poignant words from that address. The world will little note nor nor long remember. And suddenly, he was finished. And he sat down. Two short minutes from the time he got up. And as he sat down, there was a a reporter, John Young of the Philadelphia Press. And he leaned over to the president and he said, he whispered to him, Is that all? And the president said, Yes, that's all. Charles Swindoll, writing that illustration, says, Don't ever underestimate two minutes with God in prayer. Maybe we have some busy schedules. Don't underestimate two minutes with God in prayer. Let's prepare to pray. Let's put some time in our schedules to pray to God and to listen to Him. Because Satan is there knocking, waiting to pull us away, to distract us, to cause our minds and our hearts to be pulled away from God. And sometimes we need a retreat But every day, we need that set time to pray. Don't ever underestimate even a short amount of time of prayer. Maybe you're here today. We've already mentioned, what are you looking for? Maybe you've been looking for some things that's just brought emptiness. What better time? What better time than the present? To say, I'm ready to give my life to the Lord. And we can assist you in that. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Are you ready to give Him your life and be buried with Him in baptism so that you can go on your way rejoicing? So that you can have that opportunity of prayer to Almighty God the Father. Maybe it is you're here today and Satan has thrown so many things into your life Some of you young people that's been at this retreat this weekend, our adults, we've had the opportunity to to get away and and to refocus and, and to rethink about our lives. Maybe today is when you want to say, you know what, I'm tired of living that old life. I'm tired of being empty. And I'm ready to be renewed. Guess what? We have the opportunity. You have the opportunity to give your life, to rededicate your life, and guess what? We all have the opportunity to pray.
as together we stand and sing.